you know, it's like here, this is good. It's good to come and, you know, hear a thought and chew on something, but there's nothing more powerful than like uh, being in pursuit and finding things of God that have grabbed my attention. That's it's, there's nothing more productive or exciting in our journey than, you know, and that is different things in, in different seasons, you know, and there's just so much that's exciting. It's so cool to see Esther at church. This is so fun. It's a big deal. Welcome, Esther, to church. <laughs> she let a fart out just to let us all know she's present. That's good. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, yeah. We're we're uh, we're enamored. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a beautiful is a beautiful thing to to imagine. Esther's life I don't know I feel like I'm like you know two years down the track and just seeing like I don't know it was an amazing thing to see something sprout into existence but as it starts to bloom as life starts to bloom I don't know it's just kids they're a good thing hey I just yeah I was stuck with mine for 11 hours and three little seats on an airplane and it was the best <laughs> it was just the best so anyway, we we're back uh, for for good. With no more trips this year. I know we've been a bit in and out, and I'm just so grateful for yeah the release to be able to go back for a few weeks to Canada and see family and see my brother, introduce Ella to all the family. It was just amazing. It was so fun. It'd been four years since we'd been back, and it was just such a joy to um, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure that I needed it. I needed to go or that, you know, I was like, oh, it's a, it's a good thing to go. We'll go introduce Ella to everybody. But it was just such a joy to yeah, be back with Canadian family and do the, do the tour with Ella and go do a whole bunch of fun things from my childhood with her. And it, it was super fun. And we had a great week in Hawaii, just chilling out on our way back. Just, you know, all the things you can imagine that was sitting by the pool and, you know, chilling out. And so we feel a little bit jet lagged and Leela's sick. So she's not here. She was super bummed that she wasn't going to be able to come today, but she's on Zoom, I think, somewhere. But um, yeah, we're excited to be back. We feel like there's, you know, some great things ahead. And you know, we move into a new house in a few weeks. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Let's, you know, pray that one home. And, uh, you know, pray for us, for the neighbors that move in shortly after us. I think, you know, I don't know what I did wrong in my life, but I'm, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We're super stoked. I gotta, I, I gotta be more honest. Now nah, we're we're excited for the season that's ahead, and yeah, I think you know the question at the beginning, like what has your attention, and you know, what are you learning, and what God's doing. I think the things that have my attention at the moment are just like, um, as long as this serves you, everything else can just fall away. It just doesn't matter. You know, I think that's what's really captured my heart and it's it's dangerous when the person you're most in life with is kind of like growing in the same thing and for Leela and I the thing that just feels like it's growing is like nothing matters except Jesus like let's just let him be served with the rest of our days with the entirety of our beings to the best of our ability let's let our breath and our life and our existence and our oomph the mojo that we have to offer, let it, let's just let it serve him, whatever that would, what, whatever that means, however small that is, however insignificant that is, however obscure that is, 
or however you know grandiose it is this without expectation without it needing to it's just like god if it would serve you we would want to be there wherever there is and yeah and we just have such conviction that that's here that's in the things we're in it's with the people we're in it with and yeah i think you know we, we've had some great truths in church over the last few weeks i've been catching them on podcast and we had um you know curtis with sorry i got a face id there we go i um yeah we had curtis sort of a few weeks back talking about a big yes like moments in life where you you'd say a big yes and it sets your life on a direction you know i thought oh yeah that's yeah, i can find that in my life i can find that in my story and you know like there's these cross crossroad moments that are like you know, a big yes set a path in motion and it's hard to get off that path you know i think i think that's really true and um yeah, i find myself in that in that story and we had greg uh the week after that talking about um that, that this is a battle there's a battle there's a, a spiritual battle that's taking place that surrounds our faith story our lives our family the good things of god that he has for us there is a battle in the mix of this and you know he, he sort of sat us in the in the the armor of god passage and yeah i had some thoughts in the in the mix of that that really blessed me greg and i i really appreciated that um that truth in that week and and then last week, James, uh, talking about um, being refined and it doesn't have to be easy to be good, that the hard things are producing a good thing. But the thing that stuck out to me, and I'll just, I'll just cherry pick it because it's, it's, you know, I've, um, I've got the camel. So, but um, yeah, I, I, you said, um, oh, it's, it's not the good thing that I'm holding on to. You know, you were talking about like what you were pursuing and like that you were finding this permission in God that you could just um, let it be what it is and that some of what it is is hard and some of what you're pursuing was sitting outside of a challenge that you found yourself in or, or the hardship or the difficulty or the, the, you know, and it's like there's something you were holding on to in the mix of that that was making that a really competing desire. This is what I heard in the things that you were sharing. And, you know, you were sharing that God was saying to you that um, the thing that you're holding on to that competes with the purpose of where you are uh, isn't the good thing anyway. And it's okay to let that go, whether that's a vision for life, or whether that's an expectation, or whether that's an outcome, or whatever that is. It's like, hey, it's okay to put that down because that's not the good thing actually what I have for you is the good thing, even if it's a hard thing, even if it's an unsatisfying thing, even if it's a difficult thing, it, it can be the good thing. And I really appreciated that. And, and, and I, you, you had said that to me uh, before I'd left, you were talking about that, that you'd had this experience with God and he was sort of sharing this with you and it moved me then. And then it moved me again when you shared it last week. And I think the things that I have to, to share this week are kind of a culmination of all three of those you know, that there is a big yes, that there is a battle, and that sometimes the thing that we're holding on to isn't necessarily the good thing. That's kind of the last three weeks. And if you take those and bundle them up together, it probably encapsulates some of the thoughts I feel have been on my heart to share this morning around um, protection. And I guess I want to kick the thought off by letting us reflect on that for a minute from a personal perspective. Um, with the question, you know, what are we protecting? Or, 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 or personally, what are you protecting? 
what in your life are you protecting? You know, and I guess in, in James's words, that's what are you holding on to would be another way of saying that. But it's like, what are you protecting? And when you think about protecting something in your life, we're, we're all giving energy to this in some way, shape or form. And protection is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, I look at uh, Esther here and I go, this is a life to protect. And that's a mom and a dad's job. That's the, the gift that we are given as parents is, is protection. And, you know, what we love, we protect. What we value, we protect. And it reveals something to us when we start to think about what is it that I'm protecting? And so I, I want to take a minute and just sit in that together in our rooms. We'll just, we'll throw it out for 10 minutes just to kind of bounce around some reflections on that together. And it's not because we need an answer to this. It's just because it's going to help us to see, you know, and I think, you know, you might need a quiet minute to stop and just reflect on that and go, okay, well, what am I protecting? You know, and I, I hesitate even to give examples. Um, you know, I think let's just, let's just throw it out for 10 minutes to groups and Curtis will chuck a timer up and, and then we'll come back together. But what is it? What are we protecting? Or what are you protecting? And let's just share about that for a minute. If that's all right. Yeah, well, just some, some deep thoughts. Hopefully I'm not interrupting your room discussions, but I um, yeah, I really appreciate the things, you know, the variety of things that are sort of shared here i think i think even nailing it down to one thing can be difficult you know there's probably a hierarchy of things in some regards and you know i think in my own life like some of the things that i'm protecting are really righteous you know like i've fought to protect um space to connect with jesus in a busy life for a demanding world you know and that's a good thing that's a good thing but I think I also like want to protect myself from failure or from disappointment. I want to protect a sense of security, you know, and I think sometimes when those things push up in my hierarchy, uh, they become detractions. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I made a list of things that are like, what, what kind of things could I imagine myself protecting, you know, reputation or my appearance before people financial security, maybe I protect a lifestyle, family, freedom, maybe like a geography, like maybe I'm like, you know, protecting like a space, like this is where I live, this is protected, like I am a peninsula bound person. And that's the deal, you know, like, at one point in my life, that was like, I'm a Calgary guy, and I will live near my family. End of story. That's protected space. That was like, a, you know, I think, you know, maybe we protect our sense of power or our sense of control at times, our right to those things, which we have, we've been given. Uh, maybe we protect certain relationships or past realities. Maybe we protect a dream or a vision for life or an emotional reality. And maybe we protect the purposes of God or the promises that we've been given. Or maybe we protect a calling that we know is on our life. Maybe we protect a, a gift that, you know, God's bestowed to your life. Maybe we protect our faith or our connection to God. Like, you know, but I think the truth of the matter is, is I find myself like, like, I, f I feel like this is almost an innate space. It's not like I got up in the morning and I decided I was going to protect this. It's like, actually, my value system has produced something that is protecting something. 
You know, and I think sometimes what I choose to protect keeps God out. You know, God's a very powerful idea, if, if nothing more, you know, that can be so threatening. You know, like I think we've all, you know, talked often about, oh, don't say the one thing that you wouldn't do because God will make you do it. He'll take his power and he'll push you towards the thing you don't want. I view that a little bit differently, you know. I think like God disrupts our independent ability to think we know what's best by taking us to what we thought would be worst and discovering that it isn't. And he's displacing me in that, you know, and it's like, but I'll protect myself from a God who knows, who sees past events. And you know, I think that that's a that's a place I don't want to be, you know, but I think we have, I think I have been given something that if I don't protect it, it will be lost. You know, I think this is the, the message that Greg was speaking, that there is a battle. And when you set your life upon the things of the Spirit of God and the presence of God in your life, there is an enemy to that who will come for it. Like, just, just full stop, end of story. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. It's like, and if I, if I refuse to protect what God has accomplished in my life, what he's given to me, what he's afforded to me, what he's revealed to me, there is a thief who wants to come and disrupt it and steal it. We see this in the story of God all the time. I mean, look at the people of Israel. They had uh, miracle after miracle after miracle in leaving Egypt of a God who was setting them free. But they didn't protect what they'd been given. And it wasn't long before they turned their backs on God completely. And, and I look at it and I go, how could that happen? But then I look at my own life and I go, well, I'm constantly asking God to convince me again of what he's already convinced me of. Like, where'd that go? Where did that faith-filled confidence go? Where did, where did what he had established already, you know, and it's like, if I keep asking him to accomplish the same thing, to prove the same thing, to establish the same thing, I'm never going to get past that. You know, it's like, okay, I got to start protecting what God's accomplished, who he is, who he's revealed himself as, the spiritual truth that has been afforded to me, the revelation that's come, the promise that's come, you know? And look, I, I know we're not all living with this thunderous promise in life that says this is going to be, but maybe you have something. I'll give you an example. You know, Ella was a promise in our life, and we know that. And I tried to put over 10 years, you know, we sort of were waiting. And over that 10 years, there were four significant times where I really tried to put it down. And go, okay, it's just okay if we don't have kids. You know, where 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 it was just like, I'm just gonna let this go and I'm gonna begin to imagine life without this. And it was like each time God came and said, Don't you dare. I'm so grateful for that. A God who helped me protect a promise and hold on to it. And, and I felt foolish for holding on to it, you know. I'll never forget 40th birthday, standing out by the fire. Lani and family showed up first. She comes out to the fire, it's just her and I there, and she goes. I don't know if it's okay to ask this or not, but do you think he's still going to have kids? And it was like, okay, now's, now's my choice. Do I protect this promise and declare it with confidence? Yes, we are. And that's why I said, but I don't want you to get hurt if that doesn't happen, you know? And it's like, well, it did, you know? God gives us things that if we don't protect them, they'll fall to the ground and fall away and get stolen. And there's a piece of a piece of our faith that's under siege and a world that just wants to rip it from us and a story that we're surrounded by that tells us we can't trust God. We can't believe in something beyond what we can accomplish ourselves or you need to go after this. Or you need 
need to do that or you know and it's like okay well what if we became a people who started to protect the faith story that god's building among us what if like the the embers of the fire of the spirit that are burning in us became the thing that we protected most what if they became the thing that we fostered most? It's like, I don't care if I don't have the income I thought I would have. I don't care if the relationships that I wanted once fell away. I don't care if my reputation is thwarted. I don't care if the world thinks I'm a chump. It's like, as long as this fire burns, as long as this fire grows, I'll protect it. You know, let's read a couple of verses. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 24 to 27, you're going to know this verse. This is 100%. You're going to know this, right? And Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests. I mean, let's just read that a certain way. Stop protecting your own plan for life. And take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. And follow me, believing and conforming to my example and living, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. You know, whoever lives his life to protect his own existence will lose it. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find We'll find it. That is life with me for all eternity. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels, and then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. I think this passage points me to what to protect. It's like, don't hold on to this life. Spend this life on the purposes of Jesus Christ and protect that. Let, let, let the faith-filled confidence in a God who is worth living for become the thing we begin to protect. And let's, let's let the, you know, what would, it, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Am I protecting the right things? Man, it challenges me. Like, what am I holding on to? What am I guarding? What am I protecting? Am I worried about my bank account? Is it my living situation that's most of concern to me? Is it a lifestyle or is it a dream? Is it a vision? Is it something I want for Ella? Like when we moved out of 18, the point, I wasn't concerned about myself. Like the lifestyle loss is not a concern to me. But I began to be fearful for Ella. Well, what's her world going to look like? She's not going to have this wonderful property that we've brought her into and i want that for her and it's like no no wait 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 wait. what i want most for ella is jesus christ i want this baby girl to be raised in the presence of jesus he sees he knows he has it's like okay we'll bombard ourselves into that because that's what's worth protecting you know it's like when this pushes on the edges of our life and goes, okay, will we protect the opportunity of God to establish among us what only he can and what only he would and what only he will, if we will say, that's what we will set our minds on protecting. The presence of God rules in our lives. I'm going to protect that. And that is vulnerable because it comes under siege constantly, constantly. 
Like you can stand in one moment and go, I don't care if I lose everything for the sake of Jesus Christ. And the next day you can be grabbing for the very thing you said you didn't care if you lost. Right? This is a constant, this, this, is, a, this, is, this is the battle bit, isn't it? That's the big yes bit that Curtis was talking about. Set a big yes. Fight the battle to hold on to it and don't hold on to the things that weren't the best thing anyway. That's the last three weeks we've had, you know, and it's like today we sit here and go, let's protect it. Let's foster it. All right. Hebrews chapter, th- I'm talking a long time. This is, this is not a good thing. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five to six. It says, let your character, your moral essence and inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed and be financially ethical, being content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you under any circumstance, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper in time of need. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? We are those who need not live in fear of what this world might do to us, what we might lose, what we might not have, what people might say, what might exist. We have all that we need. He will not relax his hold on us. He will not let us down. He will confidently be who he is. And you know what? This is one of these confusing things in our faith because we serve a God who is so about us that we can get confused and we can make this faith journey about us because he's about me. He is so about me. But the reason he's so about me is that I would have freedom to be so about him. And we sell our faith on a God who is so about us and we make it all about us and we miss the invitation to go, let it go. He'll be for you. He will assuredly be there and help you and accomplish. But that's not what we're in this for. We're in this that we could be so about him. Let this life serve you, Father God. Let this life be caught up in your plan, Jesus. That this life, that's the freedom we have. That's what we can protect. A space that says, Jesus, this existence that I've been given can be lived out for you. And yes, you're going to be so about me, but that's, forget about it. That's just him being him. But it gets confusing, you know, because we sell it on the fact that he's so about us. And he is. You won't change that. He's a loving father. He will not cease to be about you. He loves his people. He loves his people. All right. Let's park. Let's park it here. Go to a question. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about one more thing. After this discussion, we're going to talk a bit about what it is to receive God's protection. But in in this moment, this this is that we have been given a role. We've been given something to protect. And then if we don't, it will be stolen, you know, a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time. Maybe we keep cycling back, whatever the case might be. But let's let's take a look at this and, 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 and ask the question of one another. What does it look like for us to emphasize a protection of the things of God in our lives? And what helps us do this? So what does it look like for us to emphasize a protection of the things of God in our lives? And what helps us do this? Let's, let's throw it out. How are we doing for it? We'll throw it out for 15 minutes in our rooms and just chew on that. And let, let a little bit of passion maybe rise for this if we uh, if we can find it together. How well awesome. is happening? Well, hopefully we're my life. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not interrupting you, man. We got some got some good pieces coming out in our room around 
this idea and yeah i think um i think when you throw something out to a group of people uh who are protecting the things of god you know, you're gonna get some good things back and uh and what a great thing to be a part of a, a family of people who aren't on a church journey or aren't just in it for uh you know the uh amazing worship experience that's produced on a sunday or the entertainment value of what's put on we make things hard <laughs> you know you keep what no nothing curse is amazing i'm just not dissing him don't go there people you're amazing curtis you're a gift to this family we appreciate you I just i do i love you and so grateful to be in this with you it's not coming around you we just there's not a lot of polish and shine to what to what we put on obviously and um and and um but there is a group of people who are pursuing the presence of jesus in the lives that we're living and when you throw something out that goes what are we doing to protect that we're here because we have been protecting that you know, we're here because we have been pursuing and protecting that. That's the truth. You know, I look around and I go, this is, this is people who are looking to protect the things of God and go after that and hold on to it. Even if it's, uh, you know, not, not shiny and, and, and gratifying. And, and honestly, some of the stuff we talk around here, you just shouldn't, shouldn't subject people to like, you just shouldn't, you know, but it's like, well, we're persevering to the things of God and that's a good thing. All right. I'm going to turn a corner. Uh, and just talk really briefly because of time around this idea of receiving God's protection and what it is to receive God's protection. Because I think sometimes we look at this and we go, all right, God's going to protect us. So he's just going to take away every threat or every evil or every thing that could challenge or derail and he'll just wipe it all out. And we're just going to have this smooth path. You know, I can expect that of him. Okay, God's going to make a way. He's going to protect us. He's going to take every threat and every evil and everything away. And it's like I encountered this story and it changed my perspective on that. To, to see God's protection as an invitation for partnership. And let's, let's look at this story in Matthew chapter 2. So Jesus has been born. Uh, you know, the Magi, the wise men uh, went to Herod and said, Hey, where's this king that's been born? We've seen the star and what's going on. He's like, King, look, the king. What's going on? Anyway, and then they they tipped him off to the fact that uh, something had taken place, and they went and pursued Jesus, found Jesus, honored him, worshipped him. But what we know is that, that the world doesn't honor the things of God. It doesn't celebrate the things of God. In fact, you know, the, the, the world has an evil to it that wants to snuff the things of God. And that was true in the story of Jesus. And so Herod put a decree out that said we're going to kill all the children uh, under the age of one in the area where Jesus was born. This is, this is what took place um, because we don't want this threat to my power coming into being. And so the, the savior of the world was under threat. Now, I mean, you, you can imagine how God could have addressed this. There's so many ways he could have addressed it. So many ways he could have done, but here's what he did. Matthew chapter two, verse 13 to 15. Now, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up. So an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream. So he's having a dream. He's having a dream that he's visited by an angel. The angel comes and says to him in this dream, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod intends to search for the child in order to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still 
Ai and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Hosea. Out of Egypt, I called my son. I just think about this for a minute. Like, put yourself in this position. Okay, you are pursuing the things of God. You have given him your big yes. You have submitted to his plans. You're on this journey. Now you have a dream. Get up, move your life tomorrow to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. The life of the child's under threat. It's like, okay, that's God's protection that he welled up within the followers of God in Mary and Joseph, a faith that said, we'll do whatever you ask. We will trust you. They think about how costly they know that Egypt, that's, they're not looking for a home in Egypt. That's not where their family are. That's not where their people are. Their new parents. These are, this is a very costly protection. You know, if how many times in our life, if that's what we were asked of, we could see it as a bad thing. Oh, we have to go to Egypt, you know, and, and how much do we not necessarily even recognize the hand of protection that God has when he leads our life. Like when God starts to ask you to do things that don't make sense or to do things that you don't understand, it's like, if he's asking, you just say yes. That's how we receive his protection. He's not looking to get something from you. He's not looking to thwart you. God is acting in his nature to establish good things for his people and to protect the things that he's given us. But he needs our partnership in that. And, and he will not take away our free will. We've been given the opportunity to, to establish our lives for whatever it is we should so choose. And I think sometimes the things that we're protecting in our life refuse the protection of God. And Mary and Joseph, they could have protected their own freedom to return to their family. I would have wanted to do that. Well, we got to go to Egypt. We don't know anybody in Egypt. What are we going to do? Our, my business is in, you know, Nazareth. My income is there. My clients are there. My tools are there. My home is there. What am I going to Egypt for? We got nothing there. We got this new baby. Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? I mean, we don't get all that story out of this. This is a very costly move. But the protection of God was, in, it, it was a dream. It was, it was a dream. That's how God protected his son. He trusted the people who he'd entrusted this treasure and, and gave them a dream and said, would you? And they did. And the plan of God, for the people of God, the purpose of God was protected because people were obedient to a God who protects, who establishes, who does, who accomplishes. You know, I think we can see the protection of God as something he's just going to do. But, but the protection of God is something he's going to reveal, he's going to invite, he's going to ask, but we got to partner with it. You know, if, 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 if he's telling you to spend all your money on something, it might seem ludicrous. Well, you don't know. You don't, you don't know. Maybe it's his protection. Obedience to God is receiving his protection. Faith-filled responsiveness to God is how we receive his protection. Being on the path of God, following him, sitting on his footsteps, whether it makes sense or not, whether it seems good or not, whether it seems productive or not. I can't imagine it would have seemed productive. To, to Joseph to move to Egypt. It would have just seemed like a total derailment to life. But what if the protection of God in your life comes with a major derailment? You know, like the people of God require the protection of God. You know, 
I mean, I've, I've, I know I've said it before, and I know I continue to suggest that I'm not a big like end times focused guy, and, I, and I'm not. I assure you, like it's not captivated me. But you know, the story of Revelation is a part of the story of God for the people of God, and a lot of believers live in fear of the realities of a season where the where the coming of Christ is sooner than ever before. You know, we can live in fear of that. But the way that I see it is that's the plan of God for the people of God because it's in the word of God. And he is going to prepare those who will listen. And he's going to position in safety those who will accept it. And it's like, we do not know what's coming. We, we don't know what the world is going to hold. But, but if, if we want to be those who can receive the protection of God, we have to stop deciding for ourselves what is good or not good or what's safe or what's unsafe. We have to receive a life from him that says, you, you do what only you can do. We'll say yes. That's our job. You know, and I, I look at this story and I go, few are the people who would have protected the Savior. Few. Like so few, so uncommon would this be? But let's let's expect this of one another. Let's go. Oh yeah, okay. These are the people who are hearing from God and responding and moving and acting and doing because He said so, not because it makes sense, not because we can see how it plays out, not because we can see the end game or even see the reason why, but that we would be those who would respond. All right, one more verse, then we'll throw it out for discussion, and we'll be wrapping up. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three to five. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you, setting you on a firm foundation and will protect and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that you are, that you are doing and will continue to do the things which we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness and patience of Christ. You know, the Lord is faithful. He will protect and guard you. We need it though. Like we, we've got to come to accept that the life, when you set your life on the, on the plan and the path of Christ, you need the protection of God. Mary and Joseph, they said yes to the plans of God. And now all of a sudden, the, 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 they didn't position themselves to be at risk of, of, of losing this child. Their yes to God positioned them in the path of evil that wanted to steal the good things that God was doing. But that's what happens. That's the battle. That's the battle. You say yes to God. You positioned yourself in the sight of an enemy who goes, I want to come against that. I want to shut that down. I want to stop that. And it's like you cannot accomplish the plans and the purposes of God without the protection of God. I'll say it one more time. You cannot accomplish the plans and the purposes of God without the protection of God. He will protect you by leading you and guiding you. Our greatest, our greatest uh, confidence should come in the fact that I am responding to God today. I'm responding to him. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm ready to respond to God. If his dream comes to me tonight and says, move your life to Vanuatu, I will say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Nice. Yes, we've seen some amens. Yes, I know. I know. We chose we chose a good one. Ish. Ish. But we are we are those who are positioning ourselves with a capacity 
to receive God's protection in our responsiveness to him. And as we protect what he's given us and we position ourselves, we'll receive his protection. And let's, let's not ask that that life has to make sense or that it has to fit our plan or that it has to be our dream or our vision. If he's saying it, we know his nature. He has good plans. He cannot stop acting in his nature toward us. My life now can be yours. You protect it. I'll serve you. You make a way. Though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. I'm listening. You're moving me through. All right. Let's take 10 minutes, kick that out into our rooms to, to chat about a question that just says, like, what does God's protection look like to you? And how do we play a role in receiving it? And what are some experiences we've had of that? We'll kick that out and we'll throw it back and Curtis will close us out. So thanks for sharing in these ideas and chewing on them in our rooms. I really appreciate it. And it's just so good to be back and be amongst this. You know, one of the things that I know protects the things of God in my life is being amongst like-minded people who are pursuing with passion the things of God. It's inspiring and it's protecting a path that he's marking out. And so I'm appreciative of this and the role it plays in guarding my heart from losing hope. So thank you. All right. What does God's protection look like to us and what role can we play in receiving it? So send it out to rooms.